let me tell you about uh, the zebra. As we are getting out on the road, more accidents are happening all the time. Insurance rates are going up. Uh, but, hey, isn't that just what we need? Something else to be more expensive than usual. These days, by the time you filled up your car with uh, gas, you're already broke. Lucky for you, the Zebra is here to help. Makes it really easy to save hundreds of dollars on car and home insurance in just a couple of minutes, literally. Most people, uh, the average person that goes on to the Zebra saves $920 a year. 922 to be exact. On home and auto combined. That's a remarkable savings. That's three months of, uh, of inflation rate as we're at right now. Save time and money in minutes. Get your free quote today. Just go to thezebra.com slash Beck. Thezebra.com slash Beck. it take you literally less than five minutes. And you can save up to like 900 or 1,000 bucks a month. The average person? What? Thezebra.com slash Beck. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We've been talking about the Great Reset. I've been trying to explain it. I wrote a whole book on it to make sure that we were very, very clear what's true, what's not. Because it's easy to look at this from a distance or go on to websites that you think you can trust and it'll take you down a conspiracy hole. That's why the book was so important. It has 50 pages of fine f- put, uh, fine print foot- footnotes. So you know our sources are from the World Economic Forum, Whitehouse.gov, uh, the advisors from BlackRock all around the president and our Treasury Secretary, or Treasury.gov. We want to make sure that you understand this is not a theory. This is a fact in their own words. Well, Dave Ramsey got a call the other day um, saying, you know, hey, what do I do about the Great Reset? Have you thought about, you know, any other strategies for this? And he jokingly said, I'm assuming he was joking. He jokingly said, you got crazy friends like Glenn Beck, don't you? Now, Dave and I are friends, so I wanted to get him on and have him explain what he thinks the Great Reset is. Dave Ramsey joins us in 60 seconds. You know, back in the good old days, somebody wanted to steal your personal information and your money. They had the decency to come into the Oval Office and uh, and uh, hold me up at gunpoint and say, um, "We're taking your, we're taking your oatmeal," and that's what they would do. Times have changed. Times have changed. Yes, Joe, I'm sorry. 
The world is a different place now with cyber criminals and rap music. That rap music, I don't even understand it. The next thing you know, uh, you've got a stolen identity because of a, st- a cyber criminal. And my best girl is at the, having a fountain drink at the malt shop. Boom. Yes, that's what LifeLock is for. I mean, they can't take care of all of that, uh, and they can't catch all of the bad guys, but they can monitor things that better than you can on your own. And if you do become a victim, they have restoration specialists that will work with you to help fix the problem quickly. So I want you to join LifeLock now. LifeLock by Norton. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code back. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code back. Save 25%. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code back. So if it isn't Dave Ramsey. Hi, Dave. How are you? Great, my friend. How are you? I'm very good, but I do want to thank you for the pleasure of having my wife come home, who listens to you every day, and say, honey, see, I told you you were crazy. Dave <laughs> Ramsey said you were crazy. <laughs> thank you for that, Dave. <laughs> Anytime, my friend. Yeah, I'm just yeah. here to help. Yeah, I know, know, I know. Big Glenn Beck supporter. No, no, no. We, we don't even have to go down this road. You, we are we are good friends. We have been for a long time. I have a lot of respect for you, and I know it goes the other way. Here's what Absolutely. I do want to do. We were talking about, you were talking about the Great, great Reset. You're in a different business, really, than I am. You give financial advice. I don't. I always say, this is what I'm doing, but don't listen to me because I have no idea what I'm talking about. I wanted to get from you what you think the Great Reset is. Well, the irony of this is is that both of our books came out the same day, January the 11th, uh, and that that's both right. of them were on the both of them were on the bestseller lists at the same time. Baby Steps Millionaires. Yep. That's actually started this conversation this morning, too, by the way. Because what happened was a guy followed our baby steps and became a millionaire. And so he's completely out of debt, 100% out of debt. He has a net worth of over a million dollars. Calls in and says, uh, hey, I'm thinking about not investing anymore because of the Glenn Beck reset. And that's what started. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on just a second. First of all, it's the Great Reset, not the Glenn Beck reset. And I have never said that. I still, I have said... If you are concerned about it, spread your money out as wide as you can, because I don't know what will hold. But I still have my house. I still have money in the stock market. I'm very careful on who I invest with. I don't want to invest with BlackRock. Although, if you want to make money, that's what you should do if you want to make money. If you have if you have no. Yeah. If you have no principles. Correct. But the uh, uh, so, you know, no, I'm not an expert on the Great Reset. You are. You wrote the book on it. And so, uh, you know, and diversification, what you're talking about, there, spreading your money out. I mean, the Bible says spread your portions to seven. Yes, to eight for disaster may come upon the land. Diversification is the oldest financial rule ever. Uh, never put all your eggs in one basket. Some dude has the basket and he's been smoking pot. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. Correct. Right. And so uh, that's what you're talking about, and certainly we would espouse that as well. What I was trying to do is keeping the guy from freaking out, becoming scared that the world was coming to an end, and trashing all of his investments that caused him to become a millionaire 
in the first place. So, Dave, this is one of the reasons why I'm thrilled to have you on, because honestly, um, you know, I don't know if you know what stakeholder capitalism is, but that's the that's the driving force or the theory behind the Great Reset. And you've got the Treasury. You have Yellen saying this is what we're doing. We're going to have stakeholder capitalism. That is 21st century fascism. And if you don't mind uh, not telling your school board, I think you're wrong, then you're not going to have a problem with ESG scores. But you have to play ball exactly the way they are telling you down the road with digital money, which is something that the executive order came out last week on. Um, And so I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side of this. I have no idea what's going on. I do know just with inflation, we have got to batten down the hatches. So what should people do to batten down the hatches? Well, you know, when we go back in history, the thing that we want to avoid is uh, we always want to be safe. We always want to assess risk in the marketplaces, what you're talking about. And we always want to be wise then of, you know, the storm's coming. We perceive a storm. But here's where people get crazy. When the when the fear kicks in, yeah. it coats your brain and lowers your critical thinking skills. Yep. And they go nuts. And so I'll give you an old example I was thinking of this morning, knowing I was going to be on here. In 1982, J. Peter Crace was uh, put on the Grace Commission by Ronald Reagan to study uh, government overspending and the, and the deficit and the damage of the deficits. His co, uh, co-chair on that was a guy named Harry Figge. Both of them were billionaires at the time. And Figge wrote a book later that year called Bankruptcy 1995, predicting the end of the American economy as we know it because of the deficit increase. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was wrong. Uh, Larry Burkett wrote a book called The Coming Economic Earthquake that predicted in 1992 the world was going to come to an end and the economic crisis was going to cause America to end as we know it. And apparently he was wrong. Uh, my good friend uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote a wonderful book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, wrote a book called Rich Dad's Prophecy, where he predicted the end of the stock market as we know it in 2016. Apparently he was wrong. So I don't want people to not invest because of fear by going swinging the pendulum too far to the other side. But it is wisdom. They're in the middle to say, hey, I don't like what's going on. I smell fascism. I smell Fauci running the economy. I, you know, I don't li- I'm a libertarian. Leave me free because a free man will drive an economy. But when you start tinkering around in the background, in the back rooms with these things, uh, is there something to be concerned about? Sure. So you've just got to be wise about it. But so not so don't oversteer the car and flip it. So can I? Absolutely. But um, let me let me ask you a couple of things. First of all. I was called a fear monger in 2006 and seven when I said this housing stuff with the banks, it doesn't work. There is going to be a collapse. Everybody called me crazy. As you know, what happened uh, was the crash of 2008. Now, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And that is only because of TARP, uh, which was something that is absolutely unconstitutional and unthinkable yeah. before that crash. No question. Um, no question. You know, I haven't read uh, Kawasaki's book, but I respect him and I know him. Um, but yeah, he's a good guy. I think there, you know, is there's this difference between America, uh, the end of America and the end of, as he said, the stock market as we know it. Because I look well, if, at the stock if, market today and it makes no sense we're closing down all of you know all businesses in america and the rest of the world 
and the stock market continues to go up? That's not the stock market that I know. Well, the stock market on the short term is driven by profits. And profits are very, very real right now, in spite of all the economic crap that's out there. The profits are very real. But to predict the end of the stock market is to predict every household name that right. we know right, of right. evaporating. Home Depot, Microsoft, Apple, yep. uh, McDonald's, Coca-Cola are all zero. Yep. That's the end of the stock market. That is the end of America. Yes, it is. But I'm what I'm asking you is the end of the stock market as we know it. I don't know what he wrote, and maybe he wrote that it was going to be at zero. I don't believe that. I believe there are companies that will, just like in the Great Depression, companies that will fall away, companies that are tried and true and rock solid, and oh, they yeah. will continue. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, anytime stupid is stress tested, we get to see it's stupid. So that's what that's what happens. And I think I think in '08, maybe you and I were arguing about gold, if I remember, or I was arguing with somebody about it uh, because everybody was buying gold in that crash. And I just pulled this up a minute ago. I told people don't buy gold. I've always told them don't buy gold. And so in the last ten years, gold has had a three point seven one percent rate of return, and the stock market has had a twelve point two percent rate of return. So I don't don't buy gold. Well, okay. no, I disagree with you. I mean, the three three point five, or when I started talking about it, it's been it's up ten x. Um, however, I don't buy it as my get rich thing, and I say this all the time. I don't buy it for investment. I buy it for insurance against insanity. You know, this is the same reason why China just purchased 220,000 tons of gold. In the end, when the madness of printing becomes clear, the world generally resets to some sort of a commodity, commodity, usually gold. That's what they're doing now in China. So if it completely melts down, it resets to a barter economy and then will a currency will erupt. And you, you'll see that in a completely collapsed economy of Venezuela or a, a Nazi Germany Correct. when hyperinflation and it was a wheelbarrow load of mm-hmm. uh, money to buy a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. And so you had hyperinflation kick in. And so what happens is that currency is based on trust. So it's actually a spiritual animal in that sense. And so when you quit trusting that a piece of green paper with the president's face on it will buy something, then you have to trust that something else will work. And if you trust gold will work, that's fine. But in a completely melted down economy, people really want bullets, water, blue jeans, and gasoline. So what do you say about the reset of a currency, which, you know, Russia and China are doing clearly trying to take the petrodollar apart. So half the world would go that way if their plan would work. Uh, and a reset to a digital dollar. Well, it can happen. Again, the thing that has to happen for these things to occur is trust has to evaporate. You have to no longer believe. When a certain number of people believe that a Bitcoin is worth something, that's the only thing that makes it worth something. It has no intrinsic value. Actually, a bar of gold has no intrinsic value any more than a piece of green paper does. Right. When people are fighting over it, and they're Correct. arguing about it, negotiating for it, that gives it value. And so that's the trust factor. And so you can move trust around in currencies. And that's why, if it, and I don't recommend trading currencies. I don't trade currencies. But if you're going to trade on the yen, you would say, all right, what is the outlook for China's economic condition? Right. So I'm, not, so talking about, I'm not talking about trading currencies. Works. I'm talking about the changing of currencies. We've done it a couple well, of times thing, in the though. past. Well, yeah, but, but the based, based average the person thing. loses about... 40 percent on their dollar and if you read yellen yellen is talking about this time it'll be different because it will be an equitable 
exchange when the, the when the new currency would be introduced, uh, which scares the hell out of me. But um, sure, that's all socialism language, and that's right. just BS. And then the thing the thing that's going to happen. Wait, wait, wait. What happens? So to- you mean it when you say BS? You mean it's not going to happen? I mean, she has she she does not have the power she thinks she has. There's too many of us that really trust and believe in the free enterprise system and really trust and believe in America for the, for a couple of ha- a handful of socialists to actually run the dadgum thing. We're not going to tolerate it. You think people would have stayed in their houses much longer off of Fauci? We were about done, boy. I mean, we were all about done, weren't we? Were we about to come out of our houses with pitchforks and torches? I, mean, I don't know. I live in Texas, so, so it was fine. We're tolerate this stuff. <laughs> Do what? I live in Texas, so it was fine uh, here. Yeah, but I, I mean, think the rest of the country was. I went back to work, yeah. and I was trying to kill my employees. So, right. you know, I mean, right. it's just nutty. Just nutty. So the bottom line is, is there's enough critical thinkers out there that are capitalists that do believe in this, that it is harder to take over the world than, than it sounds, uh, in my opinion. Now, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, it's fun discussion, because I love you. You've got such a great brain. I love talking to you about this stuff. But, uh, and, and, you know, and again, it's, it's a friendly territory, because we've got so much respect for each other over the years. But the, uh, uh, so I think that I'm not going to write a book that predicts a crash because I've seen too many books written <laughs> later yeah. bounce back on people. Sure. And I'm not predicting that on you, by the way. I'm just saying I'm not going to change my investment strategy dramatically uh, because I am fearful of the world as we know it to quit operating. Well, I will tell you that there's a lot of people out there that give advice that I think are morons. I agree with your advice because you're, you are built around get out of debt. Uh, And there's nothing that you could do that is better for preparedness for any eventuality, good or bad. The funny thing is that works, that works when you're prospering and the economy is going bonkers. Good. Yep. And it works when there's really bad times and these people in control are being fascist and nutty. And so, you know, it's hard to foreclose on my house, you know, under current law, if I don't have a mortgage real quick, I only have about a minute, minute and a half. Your thoughts on inflation. Uh, there's three components to it right now. The energy component is 100% on Biden's desk. He has completely screwed the pooch on this. It's a supply demand problem. He cut the faucet off trying to be all greeny yep. and he drove gas prices through the roofs. He single-handedly did it. It's an administrative nightmare. Uh, there's another portion of it he had nothing to do with, but he's getting blamed for, and that was we shut everything down, factories and everything, for 90 days or 120 days or six months, and we screwed up the supply, and then we sc- screwed up the supply chain. So there was an earthquake at sea, and when the tsunami hit, it was everybody came out and started buying stuff, and there wasn't any stuff to buy. And so this supply-demand curve drove the prices through the roof. That wasn't his fault. Uh, then the third piece is the labor disruption, and part of that's his fault because he paid people to sit on their butts at home yeah. when they should have gotten back to work. And if they would gotten back to work, we could have got the economy moving again in a proper way. Instead, they're coming back and we're paying people $20 an hour at Target. Guess what? Target marks up the price of those goods yeah. on the shelf to cover the $20 guy, putting them on the shelf. So you're paying for his living wage. How much, how much worse does it quality. get? Yeah. How much it's worse does it get? things together. I, you know, I think it's going to smooth out pretty quick. The energy thing's the most disturbing because it can be controlled and he could fix it really quick, but he's not going to. Dave, I love you. Dave Ramsey, you too, the uh, name of his book. I mean, I disagree with you on almost all of this, but um, the name of his book is Baby Steps Millionaires. What'd you say? 
<laughs> what good is a friend you agree with all the time? <laughs> uh, Baby Step Millionaires is the name of the book. Uh, it's a it's a New York Times bestseller. As if that means anything anymore. Uh, no, Baby, uh, Baby Steps Millionaire. Dave Ramsey. If you've never listened to the Dave Ramsey Show, you should. Uh, it is a great way to get your house in order. Dave, thank you very much. God bless. Love you, bro. Be good. All right. Bye-bye. Relief Factor. Uh, I got an email in from uh, Lauren. Uh, I have the typical aches and pains that you get when you start to age, but I believe Relief Factor has, has given me more energy in the morning. I feel like getting out of bed and doing projects again. I've always been fairly active, but in the last year, I just started slowing down, and Relief Factor helps me get through all of the rough spots. Lauren, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that you're feeling better. If you are, if you are dealing with pain, aches and pains that we normally have, or s- severe pain even, please just try Relief Factor. Three-week quick start developed for you is $19.95. It's a dollar a day. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% go on to order it month after month. Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. 1995 three-week quick start. Get it now. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. This is an example of two people that hold fundamental differences on something big. Uh, he does not believe, obviously, in the Great Reset or even the the changeover of the currency. I do. Um, and that's a big part of, you know, what I talk about and what I believe and what drives me. Um, he doesn't believe that. But... I know he's really good at what he does, and I believe a lot of the things. I mean, we agree on probably 90% of of everything else. Let's just say it was even 50% of everything else, which is not. It's probably closer to 90. Um, We can still be friends, and there's a fundamental uh, shift in our thinking. The difference between us, that's a big shift, but we can't bash each other we can't stop being friends with people who we disagree with even on big issues like this the glenn back program american financing nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org decisions made this week in the fed meeting are going to influence where rates go they're probably going to this is tomorrow probably going to raise a quarter point uh, which won't really mean anything to you in the short term. You know, if you're buying a car, maybe it's $3 more a month because of that interest rate. Um, but if it is something that they are going to start raising again and really start to move it, it is going to affect uh, everything in your life. It's going to affect your credit cards. You're probably paying about 16% right now if you have the typical credit card. That could become 20, 21, 25 quickly, and you will never be able to pay those things off. The best thing you can do is get out of debt, especially with high interest. If you want a a consolidation loan, the people to call American Financing, 
800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Call them. Talk to them. Tell them your situation and see if they can't help you. AmericanFinancing.net. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn for your membership to Blaze TV. You can save 10 bucks by using the promo code Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Pray for the people in Russia as well as the people in Ukraine. There is a big anti-war effort going on in Russia, and it is getting ugly. Uh, you can you can see the things that have been uh, leaked out on the internet on the number of arrests that are happening now from people. If you disagree with the war, you can't say anything. Um, and they will pick you up. That woman that was on television, the national broadcast for the evening news in Russia, uh, the Russian anchor was giving the news. And this other newswoman walked behind her with a sign that said, stop listening to the lies. They're lying to you. No war uh, with Russia. Um, and uh, and she can't be found today. So pray for those who are standing up and speaking the truth. Because I think that will be um, a lot of people all around the world. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. This is, uh, this is going to show my cowardice of life a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. Is it worth it? Is what she did, was that a good decision? Yeah, I think it was. I think I'm supposed to say that it was. And I, 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 when I watch it, I say, you know what? That's, a, that's really brave and a good decision. However, when I think about it, it's like pragmatically for a moment. Mm-hmm maybe a million people in Russia saw that. It's probably a high number. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, a million people saw it. How many minds did she change? I don't know. Maybe a few, right? A few thousand, maybe? I, I don't, don't think know. about changing minds. I think about giving people the feeling, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And there are people in very high places that mm-hmm. know. Okay. Can you imagine if that happened on ABC News yeah. when they were talking about the Great Reset? <laughs> And somebody and uh, somebody uh, that worked in the newsroom walked behind and said, don't listen to them about COVID. Don't listen to them. They're lying to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would make a huge impact, at least at least at the very least on the psyche. It would make you if you believed in it already, it would it would make you feel good about it. I think uh, it might change a few minds too. like maybe have a few people looking into something. Um, there was a story, I, th- I think it was the New York Times, one of these, one of the mainstream sources talked about a, a father-son uh, duo, one father living in Russia, son living in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And the son, in yeah. the war starts, and he's like, hey, you know, I hadn't heard from my dad. Like, I'm getting, bombs are falling all around mm-hmm. me, and I'm no, my dad hasn't even called me to see if I'm okay. So he calls his dad, is like, hey, you know what's going on here? I'm in Ukraine, like, you know, bombs are falling. He's like, no, 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 that's not happening. His dad mm-hmm. in Russia didn't believe his own son, believed the state media who was telling him that's not happening. They're just going to denazify the region. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's pretty powerful. And maybe it did change some minds. But on the other hand, she also gave up or she really sacrificed maybe her probably life. her life. I mean, let's yeah. be honest about it. If it, 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 Whatever life she might have uh, ahead of her is, is either close to destroyed or destroyed. So this is one reason why I want you to start thinking differently about the world. Let me give you an example. Um, a month ago, 
it was insane to think about that we were going to actually think that maybe somebody would drop a nuke anywhere in the world, right? That's nuts. We all know that's nuts. But you have to know who you're playing against. And right now, the world is a little nuts. Let me take you back to October 1969. Six American B-52 bombers, each loaded with a nuclear bomb, flew over Alaska toward the Russian border. Most people don't know this. President Nixon ordered the mission. He had been in office less than nine months, uh, seven years after barely avoiding a nuclear war with a Cuban miss- missile crisis. He decides to order missiles on B-52s to start flying towards Moscow. So we, we didn't start the Cuban Missile Crisis, but this one we did. So remember, Nixon was the vice president under Eisenhower, and the Cold War was at full tilt in the 1950s. And we kept each other in check by what was called MAD, Mutually Assured Destruction. You could destroy each other, so why would anybody do it? However, all of this this theory depended on a country's ability to strike back within minutes of being fired upon. Otherwise, your missiles would be crippled and you couldn't retaliate. That's where the nuclear football comes in. It's the black satchel carried by the military aid wherever the president goes. And it has the launch options, the codes, communication, so we can have a nuclear response instantaneously. Well, one of the reasons Nixon won in 1968 is because he said, I'm going to end the Vietnam War. But after he took office, negotiations with the communist North North, uh, Vietnamese stalled. And he needed something that would start the peace talks again. So Henry Kissinger and President Nixon hatched an idea, very risky plan. They would make the Soviet Union think that Nixon was on the verge of using nuclear weapons to end the war in Vietnam. And that hopefully would cause the Soviets to say, North Vietnam, you got to go back to the table. Nixon told his chief of staff, quote, I want the North Vietnamese to believe that I've reached the point that I might do anything to stop the war. We'll just slip the word to them that, for God's sake, you know, Nixon is obsessed about communism. We can't restrain him when he's angry and he has his hand on the nuclear button, end quote. So during the last two weeks of 1969, the U.S. Air Force and Navy Navy mobilized nuclear-armed planes and submarines around the world. They wanted enough activity to make the Soviets notice, but not enough to spark a crisis. The nuclear angle made everything really kind of tricky. So after a few days of U.S. readiness exercises, the Soviet ambassador requested a meeting with President Nixon, and Nixon put on his best poker face. And he told um, the, uh, the ambassador that he was serious about this. The ambassador reported back to the Kremlin that the Vietnamese crisis was, quote, taking such an emotional coloration that Nixon is unable to control himself, end quote. So you've got planes with nukes flying towards Russia. The ambassador tells the Russians the Soviets don't pressure the Vietnamese. He raised the stakes, ordered nuclear-armed flights, six B-2, uh, B-52 bombers over Alaska. 
They reported the flights for three days. On the third day of flyovers, the Soviet ambassador sent an urgent message to Moscow saying he wasn't so sure that Nixon wouldn't pull the trigger. But the Russians thought differently. They thought he's not going to do it. This is a bluff. He won't do it. Nixon was looking at this as a winnable bluff, a winnable chess match. But there's a couple of things to look at here and learn from history. We said we were going to send planes to Poland. Then, for some strange reason, we said no. Every time we say there's a red line in the sand and we don't do it, they learn something about us. But there's something else that we should learn from. There is zero margin of error when it comes to nuclear weapons. In the last few days of the Nixon presidency, he was depressed and he was drunk a lot of the time. And there was concern at the time that his irrational uh, thinking at the time, he might just do a nuclear launch. Does anybody have the same concerns about Putin if the Ukrainian war drags on? Does anybody have that? Nixon's defense secretary said if Nixon gave any nuclear launch order, military commanders had to check with the defense secretary or Kissinger before proceeding. You heard that one before? The defense secretary wasn't actually allowed to change the protocol like that, but the Nixon White House never had many qualms about bending the rules, especially on this one. It was the morning of August 9th, 1974. Nixon signed his one-sentence resignation order. At 10 a.m. in the morning, he walked out of the White House for the last time. He departed on Marine One. He was still president for another two hours. But the nuclear football remained at the White House. All right, let me talk to you a little bit about Goldline. I, uh, I'll tell you right now, been a great investment uh, for many, uh, but I don't buy it as an investment. I buy it against a hedge against insanity. People always say, oh, gold is a hedge against inflation. Well, that, that, would, be, that would be now. Um, but no matter what anybody says, when the world resets, it does reset to uh, barter, and then it resets to gold every single time. That's why China is doing it now. Um, I want you to call Goldline now and ask them about some of the things that they've got going on right now. Yeah, we were talking about gold a little bit this hour with uh, with Dave Ramsey earlier. And, you know, if he, he mentioned the 10-year number, that it was uh, not a great return on gold over the 10 years. 3.5? Something like that, yeah, yeah, which is less. It's still obviously up, but less than the stock market. And that's true if you measure from exactly 10 years ago when, when there was sort of a, a little bit of a bubble and then it came back down for a few years. But if Well, you, he specifically talked about, you know, back before the crash and around the crash, you were talking about gold. And I told people don't do that because that was crazy. Yeah, gold's way, way up from those periods. In fact, when we first started talking about it, it's up six or seven X just looking at the chart, eyeballing it, where the S&P 500 is only up four X from there. 
So I mean, it obviously depends on when you when you measure these things. But I mean, the gold is at an all time high, and you know we're at what two thousand dollars, and it's been rising. It's been a really good investment from the period we've been talking about it. And and you've never come out and said like, oh, what you need to do is take all your money and buy gold bars and keep them in your house. Like you're talking about it as part of your of, of your strategy. And it's it's worked out very well it's for the people here. It's a hedge against insanity. Yeah. Uh, and gold and silver are something. I mean, Dave Ramsey was just on and he was talking about a barter community. Well, you might barter in blue jeans, but you're and bullets. Um, but you would also barter in something like silver. You know, I've been saying for a long time, you have to think like a German Jew. Look, things went on, you know, the economy tanked, but things went on in Germany. And even after the fascists took over, there is light at the end of the tunnel. We survive all of this. That'll be the shocking thing. Most people survive. You just have to get from point A to point B. And uh, when they were taking everything away from the people who disagreed with the uh, Third Reich, uh, they would barter in diamonds and art and silver and gold uh, until it was finally taken from their teeth in the end. Uh, Gold has intrinsic value. And right now, with every graded $5 gold Indian purchased, you'll receive one of the unique silver mind your business bars at no cost. Call Goldline to find out why I buy the type of gold that I do and why it may or may not be right for your family. Also, if you're already a client of Goldline, there's additional bonuses offered this week. Just call them at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation, 888-727-BECK. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Have you followed this Hong Kong situation at all? What is going on with COVID in Hong Kong? No. Very bizarre. It's unique to the world, I think. They went for zero COVID. They went down that strategy. Right. And, you know, plenty of places have attempted that. It's obviously not very successful in most Mm -hmm. of them, especially since Omicron hit. Mm -hmm. But they went down this road and oddly didn't vaccinate their old people. So, like, a decent amount of their population is vaccinated, but but not people who are, like, 80 and older. For whatever reason, they didn't. Only about a third For of whatever people. whatever reason. Let's <laughs> guess what that reason is. What is the? I don't. Well, do they it. just changed their one child policy to mm. say three children. Jesus. Why? Because they don't have they don't have the population at the lower end mm, to keep funding the upper end. It's interesting. I didn't really think of the. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's uh, a, that's that's a country uh, that doesn't believe in the individual. Get rid of them. Just let them die. And we've hit let that point where Hong Kong is no longer really separate. I mean, yeah, no, that happened. Is. That was, it's by the way, China. a big cause for what we're seeing, I think, in, with, with yes. Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. A signal to the world what the United States is going to do in these situations. But they didn't vaccinate their old people. So they had no COVID, no natural immunity because the COVID never really hit there until like last month. And now it's taken over to the point where they have now broken records uh, for when it comes to rate, obviously, um, uh, not raw numbers, but when it comes to rate of, of the most 
COVID deaths are now at uh, the highest uh, uh, daily COVID uh, deaths of the pandemic. Um, and uh, it is, uh, it's including like beating like Italy from like wow. March 2020. Uh, it's past all of them from when it comes to rates. It's past like all of the European countries throughout this entire thing. So is that because they they stayed inside so they didn't get any natural immunity no natural immunity and the the zero covid thing held until this you know they until. had basically so no one got natural immunity so it's all hitting at the same time they've got something like a 5% uh, mortality rate for for these in this group because no it's 80 years old so when you when you're 80 years old and you get this obviously that's the real danger point but there's no protection no natural immunity and almost no vaccine immunity only about a third of the population uh, above 80 years old was vaccinated. And in that group, about half of that was, you know, sort of mediocre Chinese vaccines that may or may oh, not do I anything. Uh, How so. dare you? <laughs> I know, How dare I, you? I know. I know. It's yeah. racist probably for right, me to say that the Chinese vaccines suck in comparison. Right. But still, so they are in this like white privilege, real, real problem right now. And I, you wonder if the Chinese government is just like, oh, OK, well, mm. If, if they encouraged that over the uh, last couple of years, that's that would be fascinating because they're still going for zero COVID, too. And now that's going to affect the supply chain all over again because China's shutting down. By the way, I believe the first national stamp to show somebody flipping somebody off comes from Ukraine. They have a sh- soldier on an island flipping off a Russian uh, <laughs> boat. God bless Ukraine. This is the Glenn Beck Program.